Well, good morning, everyone. So glad that you're with us today. I want to welcome our online community. We've had some people join us from Seattle and Amsterdam. And we're so excited you're with us, all of you who are part of our online campus. If you have a Bible, I want you to turn with me to Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. We're going to look at this passage first. And we're going to jump into the book of Joshua. Let me just say two quick things. First of all, tonight is Coffee with the Pastor. And if you are new to our church or maybe you've been coming for a while and you never had a chance to sit down with me as the pastor of the church, you get to know me a little bit more. I'd love to get to know you a little bit more. Well, this night is designed for you. I'll share it with you, our story, where we came from, how we ended up here and what Higher Vision Church is all about. So it's at 6 o'clock. We have child care provided. It's right in the cafe. We'd love to have you join us. And secondly, we are in a season of 21 days of fasting and prayer. And as they mentioned, there are booklets back there. But we're going to culminate these 21 days with a prayer event. You saw that in the Things to Know slides and, and a video. It's going to be 24 hours. And let me just say that in your bulletin, there is a card. And if you'd like to join us and take one hour of that 24-hour period and join us, maybe you're brave and you want to come in the middle of the night, or maybe you want to come in the evening, we're going to do it from Friday at 6 through 6 o'clock on Saturday. So I want to encourage you, just fill out this little card, tell us when you're coming, put your prayer requests, tear it off, and later in the service you can put it in there. You can also go online and register. We'd love to have you do that. We're going to culminate it all on Sunday night, the 21st day of prayer, with the outpouring. And I'm excited because I believe that God wants to do something in your life. How many believe that 2015 is going to be a year of stepping into some new things? You see... Prayer is what connects us to God. Fasting is what disconnects us from the world. And sometimes we need to disconnect from some things here so that we can step into some things here. Somebody say amen. So 21 days comes from Daniel. The story of Daniel and how that he took 21 days to pray. And it was on the 21st day that his breakthrough came. We're believing that God's going to bring breakthrough for you. Would you stand to your feet? We're going to jump into Colossians chapter 3. The theme this year of 21 days is look up. The passage we're going to read together, we're going to read it out of the message translation. Normally I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, but today the message says this in such a wonderful way. And I want us to speak it together. Those of you joining us online, if you want to, why don't you stand right there in your home. We're going to read God's Word. There's power in the Word of God. We learned last week that God's Word is the GPS. It guides us and directs us. So I want us to declare this passage together out loud. Let's read. You ready? Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things in front of you. What does it say? What does it say? And be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. You see, what God wants us to do is instead of living life looking down, being caught up in our journey and the things around us and the problems and the trials, and rather than looking down and living down, God wants us to look up and begin to change our perspective to see things not from a, just an earthly perspective, but to see things from an eternal perspective. What is God's purpose in this? What is his plan for my life? So that's what we're going to become this year is a family of believers who learn to live looking up. So I want to pray over you. Let's close our eyes. Holy Spirit, we know that you're here. When we gather together in the name of Jesus, you're there among us. So that means that you're with us right now. 
teach us to be people who look up. Teach us to be people who move into the promises. Lord, 2015 is going to be a season, I believe, of possession, a breakthrough for people in their lives. So God, do it in our lives. We open our hearts to you. Will you do that? Just open your heart to God. And pray this prayer with me. Say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. I want to be someone who looks up. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Can somebody shout amen? Amen. You may be seated today. Man, don't you sense God in the room? He is here with us. Thank you, David. As we've dove into this passage in Joshua, I was led by the Lord to speak um, out of the, the beginning of Joshua. Last week, we learned some pretty important things. You see, the children of Israel had been in the wilderness for 40 years, and now God wanted them to step out of the old season into the new season. He wanted them to go into the promised land. There are promises for you. There are promises for your family that God has for you in 2015. So the timing of this book in Joshua is very uh, apropos to you and I and where we are as we step out. What did God say to, to Joshua? Moses, my servant, is dead. The old thing that I was doing is behind you now. He said, now stand up. And that was last week's message. Stand up and lead. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are. It doesn't matter what happened in the past. God, I believe, is speaking to me as the pastor here at Higher Vision, to our leadership, to you and I, that it doesn't matter where we've been and what has happened. This is the moment to arise, to stand up and lead. How many feel God calling them to leadership in a new level this, this year? Leading your family, leading your business, leading your community, leading in your church. Stand up and lead. The other thing that we learned last week is that God not only wants us to stand up, but to step out. And what we learned is in the story of Joshua that when the children of Israel stepped into the water of the Jordan River to go across to the promised land, a miracle happened and an invisible dam appeared. The water drained out and dry land was there and they walked across. And what we learned is that we begin to possess when we begin to step. Possessing is in the stepping. So when you and I begin to activate our faith, when we begin to rise up and lead, instead of sitting around and saying, well, one day this is going to happen, and one day I'm going to go back to college, and one day I'm going to get a promotion, and one day my family is going to know Christ, that what God is looking for is someone who won't just talk about it, but will stand up and will step out. You all with me? Say amen. What I want to do today is I want to give you the next thought as we continue on in the story. I want to read to you what happened when they stepped into the water. The Bible says that the priests went ahead of them. I want to read to you this passage now. Go with me to Joshua chapter 4. We're going to read verses 1 through 7. Now we're going to kind of backtrack to a, a, a thing that was happening as well. And that is when um, Joshua sent the spies into Jericho. And we're going to look at what happened once they went across the Jordan and went to Gilgal. We're going to look at that next week. So there's different focuses of the beginning of, of this passage that we're going to focus on. Let's read verse 1. When all the people had crossed the Jordan River, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. Every say, everybody say this, one from each tribe. Tell them, take 12 stones. Will you say this with me? Say 12 stones. Listen, not nine, not ten, not six. Twelve stones. Take twelve stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. 
carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together, gathered up the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder. 12 stones in all. Everybody say 12 stones. One for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We would use these stones to build or to gather up this memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel for all time, forever. I want to give you the big thought that I believe God is saying to me and he's saying to our church at this season as we read through this passage. Number one, he's told us to stand up and step out. But today, here's the big idea. You ready? God has called us not only to stand and to step, but he's called us to gather up. Everybody say that with me. Gather up. You see, what's interesting is Joshua said, I want you to take 12 stones. And when you gather all 12 and you pile them up, they're going to tell a story. Now, as we're kind of just exposing from an expository way this passage, one of the messages of this passage is this. It's the obvious story. The obvious story is that those 12 stones represent that God is a God of miracles. And that when he wants to take you into your promised land, it doesn't matter what's standing in your way, when you begin to stand up and step out, he'll bring the miracle, and the miracle will help you possess the promise. And so this stone, this gathering of 12 stones, is a testimony of the miracle. That's the obvious story. But as I begin to look at this, I begin to realize there's a less obvious story, a less obvious message that is also there that's to remind us as a testimony forever. And it has to do with this gathering up principle. Here's what you may not realize. Maybe you haven't read through this part of the Bible. But if you've read through this part of the Bible, there's something. Because when they got to the Jordan River, two tribes, one by the name of Reuben, one by the name of and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they came to Moses. And here's what they said. They said, Moses, since we're here near the promised land, we're on this side of the Jordan, but... As we look at this land, this is the perfect property for us because we're tribes that take care of herds, take care of animals. So this is the perfect land to pasture those, la those animals. Now, what's interesting is if you look at all of the promised land, this was the best place if you were to have herds and animals. It was the best pasture land in all of the promised land. So here's what they said. They said, Moses, this is what we want. We want this side of the Jordan. Give us this land as our inheritance. And here's what Moses says. Moses says, I don't know. I don't know if this is a good place because here's the problem. You like this place and it's good. I'm glad. But what's going to happen is you're going to settle down. You're going to build your cities. You're going to get comfortable. And then when the rest of the tribes of Israel go into the promised land, you're not going to want to go with them. Because you're going to be content and happy with what you have. And they said, no, 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 Moses, here's the deal. If this is what God has for us, if this is our promised land, and God has given the other ten tribes the, the rest of the promised land, we'll make a covenant with you, make an agreement with you, and the agreement is that we'll send our best soldiers with you, and we'll help the rest of them get the land that God has given them. 
it's interesting because this weekend, I want to challenge you because I believe the message that God is giving us is that he wants you and I to gather up. Now, you might say, Pastor Jerry, what does that mean practically for me? Well, maybe gathering up for you is realizing, number one, that you're not an island. And that you're part of something bigger, that God wants you to be on a team. Gathering up for you, maybe this year, be that it's time to get connected and be a part of a small group. Be involved in a ministry at the church. Realizing that you're part of a team. You know, the Bible says that you and I are living stones. And we're going to talk about those 12 stones being gathered together. And I want to talk to you as a stone, as a living stone, that God wants you to know that he wants you to gather up with the other stones and your church family to be a part. And so I want to read to you what Joshua reminded them. Because as they were about ready to go into the promised land, Joshua was told, stand up and lead and step out. And so they did. And here's what Joshua told them before they even went. Go with me to Joshua chapter 1. We're going to continue on where we left off last week. Then Joshua called together the 12 tribes. Everybody say 12. The tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. And he said to them. So he's gathered two of the 12 tribes together. He says, remember what Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. The Lord your God is giving you a place of rest. He has given you this land. Your wives, children, and livestock may remain here in the land Moses assigned you on the east side of the Jordan River. But your strong warriors, fully armed, must lead. Everybody say lead. Lead the other tribes across the Jordan to help them conquer their territory. Stay with them until the Lord gives them rest, as he has given you rest, and until they, too, possess the land the Lord your God is giving them. Only then may you return and settle here on the east side of the Jordan River in the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, assigned you. Now, as I read through this encouragement by Joshua, this reminder of Joshua to the tribes that had been given this land on the east side of the Jordan, I realized that this idea of him gathering up these 12 stones that symbolize stepping into God's promise, I realized that this idea of coming together, being a testimony of of how God can bring us into our promises, tell us two things. So you and I, I believe that we can learn two principles about why we need to be people who gather up. You all with me? How many want to know what those two principles are? All right, you ready? Here's principle number one. Gathering up, here's what it's about. It's about committing to be a part of someone else's journey. Gathering up together is about committing to be a part of someone else's journey. You know, um, every Christmas, my family gathers at my mom and dad's house for several days We also gather at my in-laws' house for several days um, to spend time with them. One of the things that's part of the tradition of the Ming household is at some point during those four four or five days that we're together, we go bowling. Now, here's the thing. For some reason, every time when we get ready to gather everybody up to go bowling, there's someone in the crowd who comes up with an excuse of why they don't want to go. They're fine for everybody else to go bowling, but they don't want to go bowling. And usually that person is me. (laughs) Now, there are a lot of reasons why you may not want to go bowling. You know, maybe it's because you have to put on ugly looking shoes that a thousand people have already worn. All right. Maybe that's the reason. 
Maybe it's because you don't want to play a sport and smell like nachos at the same time. I don't know. But for me, I'm going to just be transparent for a minute as to why I don't want to go bowling, why I just want to stay home, because I'm always coming up with a reason. Well, you know, why don't you guys all go bowling? I'll stay here. You know, there's all these people, 19 of us in this one house, and, and so I'll clean up, and I'll do some things that need to be done in the kitchen or whatever, and you guys go do your thing. But the real honest reason why I don't want to go bowling is because, here's the deal, I'll be honest to say that in my mind, I think there's a lot of things that I do okay. I do pretty well. There are a lot of sports. I've been blessed. I can do some things athletically that I feel comfortable doing. I can play sports well. It doesn't matter what it is, if it's volleyball or basketball or baseball or something, I usually do it pretty well, but not bowling. I don't know why, but I am a dysfunctional bowler. I don't look good, I don't hit the pins, and I don't have fun. And so I don't want to go. And, you know, every time that I rise up with this, well, I'm not going to go bowling. You guys go do your thing and have fun. Someone will stand up, usually it's my wonderful wife, and get in my face, point their finger and say, hold on, Jared, bowling isn't about you. We're not going bowling, and it's not the goal for you to feel good about yourself. The reason we're going bowling is because we want to have fun and spend time together as a family, and we want to make some memories. You know, when I read the story about Joshua and the 12 stones, here's what it tells me. Joshua is reminding two of the tribes simply this. There's supposed to be 12 stones. And here's what you need to know. When it comes to gathering up, when it comes to this principle of what God's saying in this new season of stepping up and leading and stepping out into his promises, the kingdom of God is not supposed to be about me. The kingdom of God is supposed to be about we. You see, God has called you to be a part of a team, to be a part of a family, and here's why. Because being a part of the family helps you be a part of somebody else's journey so that you can help them access the promises God has for them. But unfortunately, in the culture we live in, it's the American dream, it's individualism and independence. And so what happens is, is we begin to have the mentality, instead of the kingdom of God being about we, we start making the kingdom of God about me. And the minute we start making the kingdom of God about me, we've stopped the process and the pile has 10 stones instead of 12. And what Joshua was telling them is, listen, you're needed. You're part of this. God has called you to be a part of the 12 tribes of Israel. It's interesting because as you look through the scripture, the kingdom is about we. It says that you're a part of the body. It uses the body as an example, and everyone has a part. As we read through the scriptures, it's interesting because even Jesus' prayer, what did he begin with? He said, I want to teach you how to pray, so here's how you ought to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Forgive us of our sins. And what happened is, is, is it would have been easy for there to be 10 stones as a memorial for the miracle working power of God. But Joshua, before they stepped into their new season, he wanted to remind them and say, hey, listen, 
as you step up and lead, stepping up and leading isn't about just you. It's about everybody. This isn't about me. This is about we. And you're needed to be a part of the pile. You're needed to be part of the journey. You're needed to be part of, of people accessing their promises. When we read Joshua's words, he says, he goes, the women and children can stay here, but your strong warriors fully armed must lead the other tribes across the Jordan to help them conquer. Stay with them until the Lord gives them rest. You know, as I look at my life, I, I can say that the promises that God has given me in my own life with the visions and dreams, one of those being Higher Vision Church, I can honestly say that as I stand here on this stage and have the joy of worshiping with you and going through life with you and having an impact in this community with you, I'm not here because of me. I'm here because of we. Who's the we? Well, one of the we's is Wayman and Karen Ming, who taught me how to pray, who told me they believed in me, who challenged me and inspired me, who when I wanted to be funky and do things wrong, they, they told me to do the right thing, and, and who, who believed, who prayed for me, who gave to help make this church a possibility. I'm standing here because of we, not because of me. I'm standing here because of we, not because of me, because of a pastor in a church that I came from that said, we believe in your call to be a pastor, and, and our congregation is going to give to help that make that happen. And, and over 10, almost nine, over nine years of serving there, I learned and, and grew and developed. So here's the deal. I'm here because of we, not because of me. The most important of all is the one who stood with me and said, Jared, I know you're taking a step, and I know that this is scary, and we could lose everything, but I believe in you, and I believe what God's saying, so I'm going with you, and has stood by my side for 22 years, going to be 23 years, and, and her name is Devette, and she's my wife, and she said, Jared, I'm going with you on this journey. I'm here, and the reason my kids are serving God and involved in worship and, and doing the things that God has called them to do is not because of me, but because of we. Here's the question. Who made it possible for you to be where you are today? Who's the we in your life? Because the kingdom of God is not about me, it's about we. And I want to tell you that this message of gathering up, first of all, being a part of a church community, being a part of, of, of small groups or leadership or whatever it might be, being involved in ministry together, Here's what you need to know is that God has brought you there not just for you to get your promises, not just for you to step into the things and have the rest that he has for you, but God wants you to help somebody else step in and possess the rest and the promises and the things that God has for them. And here's the thing, God wants to use the we because the we is where miracles and amazing things happen. Do you know Ezekiel tells us? God said as he looked over his people, he said, I looked, Ezekiel 22, I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it, but I found no one. You know what I love is that in this church, when God looks at this church, I don't believe he'll say, I sought for someone and I found no one. You know why? Because there are hundreds of people who have made the decision that this is going to be about we, not about me. 
Last night I shared the example. There's a wonderful woman in our church by the name of Sandy Marin. She got saved in Higher Vision Church several years ago, came out of a Catholic background and had had a religion but not a relationship. She began to develop a relationship with Christ and started saying, I just want to use my gifts. And she started teaching in children's ministry because she was a teacher in the public schools. But then she went through a season where she lost someone that she loved, and she went through a long season of grief, and it really impacted her. And you know what's amazing is that because she went through that, she realized, as the scripture says, freely I've received, freely I give. In other words, the things that God does in you, he wants to do it in you so that he can do it through you. So she came and said, Pastor Jared, there's a ministry called Grief Share. We need a ministry here at Higher Vision to do grief ministry, and I want to go get trained and equipped. And we began to talk with her and coach her and challenge her. She went and got equipped, and now there are like 30 people every week that gather, every week. Some of them aren't even Christians. They've just heard that there's a group for people that are grieving, and they've come. And you know what's cool is they've come to that group. They've heard about how to handle grief, and not only that, they started coming to the services. The Christmas production, several of them came, raised their hand, and they accepted Jesus. One of them was in service last night. I went and prayed for her for a miracle. She was um, experiencing sickness. I want to tell you something. Sandy Marin is someone who understands that God has called us to gather up and that we've been called to help somebody else step into their possession, into their promise. And she understands that the kingdom is not about me. The kingdom is about we. Somebody say amen. (laughs) Gary Koshak a man who runs a company and has a lot on his plate, but he has a heart to help people, and joined Malachi Ministry, and now Higher Vision has a group of men that go to the prison and have 50, 60, 70, 80 men every week that are being discipled, led to Christ, raised up to be better fathers. In fact, we've seen some of those men come out of prison and people in that leadership group help them find jobs on the outside to begin to move forward in their life and learn how to be a dad. You see, what is Gary doing? Gary is saying, listen, I realize this is not about me. This is about we. You see, the point at the beginning of the 12 stones, I don't believe it's an accident that he was so intentional that 12 stones needed to be gathered up. Here's why. Because every stone matters. And every stone is a part of helping somebody else step into their promise. There are people in this community who are hurting that may never get to where God has them, the promises he's given them, without someone to go before Someone to stand, fight, believe, pray. See, God wants you and I to commit to someone else's journey. Y'all with me? Say amen. I'll finish the story of bowling because it's so important to tell. So I said, okay, I'll go bowling. And so we go bowling and we get there and I get the, you know, ugly shoes that a thousand people have worn. And then I grab the ball that, people have stuck their fingers in. If you're a germaphobe, this is like a nightmare. Going bowling for you is a nightmare. And I started bowling. And the next thing I know, pins are falling down. I don't know what's happening, but something's happening. Of course, my older brother, Wayman, who's there, who has beat me in bowling forever, for some reason isn't bowling so well. And I started looking at the score, and I realized, I'm not going to be the last. And it came down to the last frame, and on the last frame, Jared beat his older brother in bowling. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
he didn't like this story last night. <laughs> Some of you are like, why are you finishing the story? Here's why. Because I believe this, what took place for me, that little expect, unexpected, look at I won, somebody. Here's the, here's the big point. Unexpected blessings come to those who serve others. Those who put their personal needs and wants aside and quit living down and looking down and making life about me, but look up and see that there's a bigger picture at play here to see what God is doing. Here's the cool thing. God suddenly comes along. Here's what the scripture says. God will not be mocked for what a man sows. That man will also reap. And here's what happens when you and I commit to be a part of somebody else's journey and we help somebody else get to their promise. God comes along on the backside and says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bring promises to you. I'm going to do things in your life that you didn't even think were possible. Here's what happened. The two and a half tribes that were on this side of the Jordan, they went across and they helped every other tribe access their promised land. And when it was over, they came home, but they didn't come home empty-handed. You know what? They came home not only getting their promised land, but they came home with all the spoils of war. So they were richer. They had more experience. They had leadership experience. They had wealth. They got more because they committed to serve somebody else. Amen? And not only that, years later, there came a day when an army gathered together to destroy Israel. And guess who was the two tribes they decided to attack? The tribes on the east side of the Jordan. And when the moment came when the enemy was coming against them, you know what happened? Ten tribes showed up from Israel. And said, hold on, if you're going to come after them, you're coming after all of us because we remember back a long time ago when some people made a commitment to be a part of the pile. There wasn't 10 stones in that pile. There was 12 stones. And those 12 stones tell us that we are together, we are united, and so if you're coming against them, you're coming against us. And you know what? The enemy was defeated. God protected his people. And I believe with all my heart that when you are in unity, when you are gathered together, when you are committed to others' journeys, guess what? God sets a hedge of protection. He watches over you, and he will do exceedingly abundantly above what you can even ask or imagine because his powers at work within you, you'll receive extra promises unexpected blessings, things will come your way when you and I gather up. If 12 think that's good, I think everybody should say amen. Amen. So you see, God's called us to gather up. And the reason is because, number one, he wants us to commit to someone else's journey. You ready for point two? We're going to bring this thing to a close. Point two is not only... in the, this idea of gathering up, you see, gathering up is to stand up and say, I'm going to commit to help somebody else reach their promise. The second thing, and you know, let me, let me backtrack before we move to that next point. You might say, well, pastor, how does that apply to me? How can I do that? Well, you know what? Here at Higher Vision Church, we've created ways for you to gather up and help others achieve their purpose. Did you know that Right after this service, during the 1130 service, there's a class right back there in the guest center that's available to you. It's for people that want to lead. 
people that want to know how to lead. And so we have that class that you can go. It's 12 weeks. We talk about, we equip you, we give you the, the tools, and we help you understand what it means to lead and what, what's involved in that leadership. And it's exciting. They started last week, and I know it's been going already for a week, but you know what? You can jump in this week. If you feel God has called you to gather up, one of the ways you can do that is say, I'm going to commit to someone else's journey. You can do that through volunteering. We have a build meeting right after the second service. We're going to provide lunch. Maybe you're new to the church and you don't have a place to serve as a volunteer. I want to encourage you, come to that meeting. Learn about the vision, where we are. Get signed up, be involved this year to volunteer. If you want to maybe lead a ministry, be involved. Jump into the higher leading class. We have higher living for new people, which is going on right now. And we have higher leading, which is going on next service. God has a place for you. You're a stone. I pray that there's no stone missing from the pile that God has. That you would be a part of helping someone else step in to what God has for them. Second message of gathering up is this. You ready? Write it down. Together we're better. The message of what we see in Joshua is, together, we're better. Joshua says, take all 12 stones, not 10 stones. You know, the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy, Moses says, one can chase 1,000, but two can chase 10,000. In other words, this process of coming together, of lining up, of joining the team, all of that. You know what happens? Here's what's exciting. God doesn't just add to what can happen. He multiplies to what can happen. So one doesn't chase a thousand, and two doesn't chase a thousand, and you know, or eleven hundred. Two chases ten thousand. In other words, the supernatural, exponential blessing of God falls in places where people know how to gather together and come together. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. But a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Here's the point. Here's the quote. Ready? You'll never do all God wants you to do if you try to do it alone. Because together, we're better. Together, you're better. I had this book in my hand a moment ago, and it's our higher living um, winter um, 2015 or spring 2015. In this book are over 100 connection points. It's interesting to me because oftentimes I'll hear people say, well, you know, Pastor, I, I, don't, I, just, I don't have a place. I haven't been able to find a place to connect. I want you to know that as a church, part of our heart is to create a place for you to connect. There are small groups that meet in homes during the week. There are ministry groups that meet on campus. There are small groups. There's interest groups. There's, we have a group for, we just started a new group for the 20s and 30, um, young 30s, young couples. David Asazica, who plays keyboard, they're leading that group on Wednesday nights. We have a new group that's starting there. It's a, if you're a young couple, it's a place for you. We've got... Um, groups that talk about finances, how to use finances wisely. We have marriage groups. We have groups on um, Hebrew roots for those that want to learn and understand about our 
background with the Jewish faith and the Hebrew feasts and festivals. There's spiritual growth night on Wednesday, Tuesday's family night. We got got so many things going on at this church. There is a place for you. And I want to tell you, you'll never do all God wants you to do if you try to do it alone. And gathering up isn't just showing up on Sunday. That's important to come together. The weekend is for us to celebrate God's goodness, to experience his presence corporately, to hear vision and direction, and to receive discipleship. But it's also a place to give people an opportunity to find Christ. But many times, the way you're going to grow on a new level and even a greater level is when you're in community. And I want you to know that this book is available back there. It's online. There is a place for you, and I want to challenge you. Commit somewhere. Gather up. Don't let there be 10 stones in the pile. Let there be 12 stones in the pile. I just want to throw this in. One of the reasons why that's important is because when you're alone, it's more difficult for the... We're going to talk about next week when the children of Israel went to Gilgal. We're going to talk about how that they left the promised, or they left the Jordan River and went to Gilgal. And they, at that place, they went through a season of circumcision. Before they went in to inherit, there was a circumcision process. And I want to tell you that when the stone pile comes together, sometimes the stone has to change. How many here have ever laid tile? All right. How many know that sometimes you've got to cut a little piece off and change a little bit here and... And what God is doing, and as you look even into AI and some of the things that happened in that story, what you find is that it's in the coming together that God begins to fit us and shape us and mold us into what God wants us to be. I want to talk to you for a minute about a passage which talks about this coming together. Together we're better. If you have your Bible, turn with me. We're going to end with this. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 and 20. Here's what the scripture says. Again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree, everybody say agree, about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather, everybody say gather, in my name, there I am with them. Leave that passage up for a second. So, first of all, this passage speaking concerning prayer. One of the reasons why we have 21 days and we have a prayer event at the end, and one of the reasons why we give you things to pray about is because we're modeling this principle that there's power when we don't just pray alone, that we pray in agreement. We come together, not only in our prayers coming together, but we actually come together for prayer events. We come together for outpourings. We come together to agree in prayer for wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. What this passage says is, together, we're better. If you read through there, one of the words is the word gather, and in the Greek, here's what the word gather means. It means to collect, to convene, or to bring together, to bring in union. But one of the root words that that word gather comes from is a word which means this, completeness. So you see, when we don't just pile up, but we align together, when we don't just pile up, but we fit into the form, into the body of Christ that God has designed, and we find our place. Here's what the scripture says. When you gather, there is completeness. Man, how many think that's a good principle? 
Maybe the thing that's missing in your life, maybe the reason why it always feels like something's out of place or you're missing something is because you're trying to do it alone. And what God's saying is, I want you to gather up in 2015 because standing up and leading is about being a part of the pile. Because when you get in the pile, you become complete. Somebody say amen. That's a good word. Not only does it say gather up, but it says agree. Let me tell you what the word agree means. The word agree is a Greek word. It's sumphoneo. And what it means is it means to be harmonious, to be in accord. It's where we get our word symphony. So the concept of agree is when you hear music played that it sounds like this. That's symphony. What it means is that the notes are aligning themselves in a way that it creates something of beauty. Cacophony is the opposite of symphony, and it sounds like this. The sound isn't beautiful. There's a lot of people who are trying to access God's promises, but they're living their life like this. What is coming out of your life? What is the sound that's echoing in your life, in your relationships, in your business, in your family? Is it one that's creating beauty? One that sounds good, that draws people to it, or is it one that creates cacophony and it doesn't sound good and something sounds out of place? I want to tell you there's power when you and I learn to come in agreement because when we come into alignment and agreement with other believers believers, and we're a part of a church family, now we're all part of the bigger body of Christ. We're the little C church. The big C church meets every week all over the world. But in this Little C Church, God's church, God wants that sound to echo. And the only way that sound can echo is if you find a place to connect, to serve, to be a part, to pray, to believe. Because when we come together, what happens is, is you and I then become a part of helping somebody else step into their promise. Somebody else experience God's blessing. And when we do that, here's what happens. Man, the noise, the music begins to sound. People begin to come. Lives begin to change. You feel complete. You feel whole, you feel blessed when you not only stand up, and there's a lot of people who stand up, but they don't gather up. And I want to say today, here's the promise of gathering up. Whatever you ask, my Father will hear. In other words, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible when we gather up. Nothing can stop the move and power and grace of God when we gather up. And not only is that the the message, but the second part of the message is it says, and when two or three gather in my name, I am there in the midst of them. In other words, we have God's power and we have God's presence. 
I don't know about you, but as I step into 2015, as I move into what God has for me, I want to move knowing I'm walking in the power and in the presence of Almighty God. What does the Bible say? It says, it's like oil. What's like oil? It says, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. They gather up. They're part of the pile. They're in agreement, alignment. And here's what the scripture says. It's like oil. Oil represents the anointing. What is the anointing? We learned this several weeks ago. It's the power and the authority to fulfill your purpose. It said it's like oil dripping off the beard of Aaron. Gets on, on his clothes. Gets everywhere. In other words, this anointing, this power, this authority will literally infuse itself into every part of your life. And secondly, it says this, and it says, and there God has commanded the blessing. Not suggested, not said it would be a good idea. Commanded the blessing. I believe that there are blessings that God wants you and I to step into. You know, we're coming up to a decade of completion of Higher Vision Church. Easter Sunday this year, 2015, will be 10 years that God has brought Higher Vision into this community. It's amazing what God has done in 10 years. But I want to tell you something. It's just the tip of the iceberg of what God wants to do. There's a prophetic word given this weekend or this week during the prophetic out encounter that Pastor James they did on Wednesday night and the word was that God was going to bring higher vision into a season over the next decade or so not of tenfold but a hundredfold multiplication right now we have over 3,000 people that are on this campus every week imagine what a hundredfold of 3,000 people would be if you look at it in the terms of schools and jails and hurting families and people in other countries and the people that could be brought into their promise it could be taken out of their wilderness to find freedom think about what God is going to do Last night in the service, someone came up to me afterwards that Pastor Jared, in the middle of the message, or in the middle of the worship, the Lord spoke to me and said, listen, listen. And I was like, listen for what? Listen to the worship. And, and the Lord said to him, he said, listen. See every chair? They're not empty. They're filled because the angels are singing with you. And he said this. He said, and God says, I can't take my eyes off this place. Now, I don't share this with you to somehow create any kind of arrogance or pride that, 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 that we're any better or different than any other church in our community. I thank God for every pastor, every church that's talking about Jesus. We're on the same team, and we're, we're moving forward to, to push back the gates of hell. But I want to tell you that God's eyes are upon this place. His presence is in this place. And I want to tell you, this is a beautiful place to gather up. This is a beautiful place to get a part of the pile. Last year, 5,600 people raised their hand to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. God is doing something. And I want to tell you, don't just live for the me. Realize that we're here for the we. Think about the people that will be changed. Think about the transformation that will take place when you and I step into that place. 
agree, we come together, we gather up. I want you to close your eyes.